The Nonprofit Happy Hour. A weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Rachel Miller-Howard. On today's show, we bring you a conversation with Felicita Monteblanco, who is the Policy and Advocacy Officer at Virginia Garcia Memorial Foundation, which recently received a core mission grant from 99Girlfriends. This is the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm Phil Bussey. I'm joined in the studio today by Felicita Monteblanco. Did I pronounce your last yeah, name correct? Pretty close. Thank pretty you. Close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she is the Policy and Advocacy Officer with Virginia Garcia Memorial Foundation. Yes. And and so well, I want to first we want to talk about what that is because this is split into a health center and a foundation. And you are on the foundation side of it. I am. But I work with everyone at the organization. So we're 600 people strong. Um, and I have an awesome job where I get to embed advocacy as well as uh, racial equity across the organization. Um, challenging, but in the best way. Um, and empower our staff to engage and use their voice. And and uh, just to back up a little bit. So the Virginia Garcia Health Center yes, sorry. is what the foundation supports. Exactly. Yes. And, and uh, let's just keep pinning this down a little bit. Mm. So... Uh, the Virginia Garcia Health Center is operates in Washington and Yamhill counties. Correct. We serve one in fifteen residents of Washington and Yamhill County, so over forty five thousand individuals, um, uh, providing primary health care to those that uh, face barriers, um, with special focus on migrant and seasonal farm workers. Um, we've been around for over forty years, really evolving to meet community need, um, and we all know someone who benefits from our services or and or is a patient. Um, so we are a we are a powerful force in Washington and Yamhill counties. <laughs> um, you just put out a lot of information there. <laughs> let's let's roll back forty mm-hmm. years ago. What was it that uh, that brought about the Virginia Garcia Health Center? So, a young girl named Virginia Garcia was traveling with her uh, migrant uh, migrant farm worker family um, from Mission, Texas, up through California and ultimately to North Plains. Um, she cut her foot while in California, and what should have been just an easy fix, um, unfortunately, she did not get uh, culturally responsive care um, while in North Plains. Um, that you know, there's um, some ideas of what could have happened, whether it was uh, language barriers, um, whether it was medicine that would have required refrigeration, but they were living on a migrant camp and wouldn't have had access to that. Um, and she ultimately died at Providence St. Vincent. And the community rallied, and they said, never again are we going to lose a child over something like this. Um, and within two weeks, they opened up a clinic um, in partnership um, with Providence um, in uh, western Washington County. And 40-plus years later, here we are with 17 sites really continuing to evolve to meet community need. You made that sound uh, so easy to have established all of this. <laughs> but, but So when you say that the community rallied, uh, do you, what more do you know about that story? Was that the some of the migrant? workers that were rallying? Was that the, the doctors and the healthcare providers? I think it was the friends and family of um, of Virginia. Um, and they did sit-ins. Um, they signed an MOU very quickly. They used their voice um, 
because they had been overlooked. You know, Western Washington County, uh, there were hundreds of thousands of, of families over there that were being overlooked and not being provided culturally relevant care. Um, and uh, they used their voice and said, we need to. We need doctors. We need people with expertise um, to ensure that we stay healthy. Um, and here we are. And when and when you say cult- culturally relevant care, um, unpack that a bit for me. What does that look like, or what does that? What does that? How does that translate, so to speak? So it it can be something as simple as language, but it also can be um, an understanding of different cultures and different backgrounds um, and how to provide care considering that. So being open to um, what may be a cure or a remedy in a different country um, and being considerate of that and not, you know, saying something disrespectful, like that's not going to (laughs) work. You know, I come from a big Peruvian family and some of the traditions I grew up with seem to an outsider, ridiculous. Um, but having a doctor that understands um, that that is um, critical of my family's culture and how they treat things um, is really important to ensure that they feel safe and comfortable in the in the doctor's office. So, so uh, you've talked some about uh, what is being provided. I want to talk a little bit more about uh, to whom this is being provided. Uh, so, Washington and Yamhill counties. Uh, it is a mix of cultures and backgrounds that you're that the Virginia Garcia Health Services are providing for. Is that correct? Yes. So anything, well, primary dental. Um, we have a women's clinic in Hillsboro, um, and we have uh, in in Washington Yamhill counties. We serve over we serve uh, patients in over sixty different languages. Um, Beaverton over fifty. Um, we have the most diverse, we are serving the most diverse county in the state um, and the most diverse population. Um, and we provide that culturally responsive um, care to those individuals. I mean, I think that that's, that's, that's uh, shocking uh, in some ways because I, I, you know, I think of Beaverton and I think of malls and I think of sort of <laughs> one. The Beaverton s- Mall was pretty cool in the day. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be a fairly singular uh, Starbucks sort of culture, mm. uh, but that is not. That is not it at all. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know if you got to um, read or learn about the um, Leading with Race report from the um, Coalition of Communities of Color, which focused on Washington County. Um, And one of the main takeaways from that report was we've always been diverse. You know, the a lot of the leaders in the community are saying like, oh, we're really diversifying. That's not I mean, that is true, but we've always been super diverse. My Peruvian family has been here. They just celebrated 40 years here and we're not even one of the old families. Um, So this community Yes, is evolving, but it's always been very diverse, um, especially in Beaverton, um, but truly throughout Washington and Yamhill counties. I mean, that, that has to provide such a challenge. Uh, you said 60 different languages. Uh, um, how, how do you have a translator available for all of that? And, and, and then even beyond just, just language, you know, the, the cultural differences, the... the um, Attitudes towards medicine, towards mm-hmm. uh, towards healthcare. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what here's a really neat story about language and translation that I've really appreciated learning about at Virginia Garcia. Um, so there was a time where we provided uh, translators, but when you um, are looking at some of the languages that are a little bit smaller in size in terms of population here, um, what ended up happening was that um, a patient would be receiving translation from 
potentially like a family friend or someone they would see at church on Sunday. Um, and so our patient councils communicated to us, you know, this isn't working and this is a violation of privacy and we're not very comfortable. And so now we have this amazing tool um, that it's literally on-demand translation services, kind of via Skype. Um, and we have this fancy computer that moves from room to room um, that um, will translate on-demand a variety of languages um, and allows the patient to decide, okay, do I want to see the person? Do I want to do it over the phone? Um, and of course, a lot of our providers, from our, our doctors, our nurses, to our medical assistants, speak a second second language. And and is one of the challenges as well, if uh, a certain portion of the population are, are migrant workers, means that they're not uh, necessarily permanent residents, that their medical records maybe are not immediately available. Yes, I'd say that's true. We, I mean, all the work that we do is focused on serving individuals with barriers. We have um, a, a medical dental mobile van um, that goes from site to site, especially the, well, it goes to the migrant camps um, and ensures that we can provide care during um, the summer while they're working. Um, but that's why, I mean, we, we spend time with our patients, um, getting to know them um, and hopefully establishing care. So, so we've been talking about the Virginia Garcia uh, Health Center. You, however, are part of the Virginia Garcia Memorial Foundation. These are obviously interlocked. Mm -hmm. uh, explain the differences and explain how the foundation works. So the foundation is a wonderful team of enthusiastic staff whose main job is to raise funds and awareness for the work um, of the clinics. Um, so we exist uh, to support um, the work. It's really fun job. <laughs> and you've been there for about eight months. What were you doing before that? I was at Vision Action Network um, managing what's called the Washington County Nonprofit Network, um, which has kind of evolved a bit since I've left and that name doesn't really exist anymore. But it was a really wonderful work because it was focused on um, increasing the capacity of, organ of nonprofits in Washington County. Um, and I think as someone who's always lived in Washington County, like we're often overlooked, even though our population is just booming. And there will come a time in our lifetime where we are the same size as Multnomah County. Um, and maybe then we'll uh, get some love. <laughs> when, when, when you say you're, you're overlooked, overlooked by who? Oh, we just need additional resources. I think that there's, you know, there's amazing things happening in Portland and, and resources for organizations. Um, and I think sometimes people forget that there's this huge population of leaders, um, especially amazing nonprofits. I mean, my job was really to advocate for Washington County nonprofits, which was super fun. Um, and remind people in Portland, like, do your do your programming, do your training in Beaverton. Um, there's people here that are doing amazing work with limited resources um, that are trying to connect to one another. You know, I think um, you constantly hear um, in foundation grants and whatnot about like the, the importance of collaboration. And it's funny because what I always said, I was like, Washington County has a no has had no other option but to collaborate um, and get to know each other and share resources um, because that's how we get stuff done. And, and and did you always want to do nonprofit work? Oh well, <laughs> depends how far we go back. <laughs> but I've only ever worked at nonprofits, and I'm pretty happy with that choice. <laughs> Felicita uh, Monteblanco is the Policy and Advocacy Officer for Virginia Garcia Memorial Foundation. Let's And you brought in some more music for us. I did. Um, I brought in uh, Beyonce's uh, uh, Who Runs the World Girls song um, because I think it definitely pertains to some of the work I'm doing at uh, Virginia Garcia in our um, building capacity for leadership within our staff. Um, and Beyonce is always a really good reminder of... Uh, 
what to aspire to, what to, you know, to empower ourselves. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let's take a listen. Check, come at the neck, disrespect. 
That was, of course, Beyonce. This is Phil Bussey. It's the nonprofit Happy Hour. We are talking with uh, about the Virginia Garcia Memorial Foundation, and in part, uh, we're, we're talking because the great work that is done there, but also because you guys just received a grant from 99 Girlfriends. It's true. It's very exciting. Uh, it was screaming in the office. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. We celebrate our successes. <laughs> I mean, I mean you, there, there's, uh, you guys are have a good amount of funding so why why would this one why was this one special this one was really unique and fun because of the organization i'd say 99 girlfriends where it's really our our neighbors our community leaders who gather together and said like what how how can we make a big impact um and um, they they had it, it was an interesting process around, you know, what they were looking for for a grant. Um, or they wanted something innovative. They wanted something bold. Um, and it was just a really interesting opportunity to challenge ourselves um, to think about what would a, a group of um, uh, strong, enthusiastic women who understand community need um, be interested in supporting. Um, so we, this idea has been had been in my mind for a little bit and in several people's minds, um, and it was really exciting to go through the process and get to know several of the the committee members who were on the health and wellness group that we we applied um, to. It was just a it's a great. Journey. So, 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 just to give a, a a bit of a footnote, then, so ninety nine girlfriends is actually it's more than ninety nine. It is, but it's a lot more than ninety nine. <laughs> uh, each of the women uh, contributes a thousand dollars, and then in turn, uh, the organization decides itself where they will give the money. So, in in a way, it's it's a it's a very large uh, crowdsourced mm-hmm. foundation. And I think it's a really exciting way for for uh, for individuals to think about how to make their impact. Um, how to learn about the community um, as well. And I, to me, as someone who's only ever worked in nonprofits, it's exciting to see how philanthropy is kind of evolving right in front of me. Um, and I think these types of groups, these kind of like group collective givings, we're going to see more of them. Um, and they're going to have different focuses. And um, it's really fun to watch. <laughs> And and so talk about the process a little bit. So I mean, th- this is not your first time at at at, at a grant rodeo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, how how was it different? How was it the same? It was, uh, you know, we we wrote an LOI. My understanding it was it, there were a ton of applicants, so we were um, beyond thrilled to be a semifinalist. Um, and there were about twenty of us, I believe. Um, four or five of us in each of the groups. Um, and then um, it was fun because we got, we got to meet a, several of the ladies um, and hear about what the semifinalist round was going to look like, a, a bit more of an intense application process. Um, and we really got to think about, you know, what does it mean to, in, in this case, increase civic participation within our staff um, and support them and um, increase confidence and, incur- and encourage them to engage and connect them with other leaders. And so was is the grant for something specific? So we ended up getting um, uh, a really great, I think, runners-up prize, <laughs> the mission-focused grant. Um, and uh, we've decided, uh, our leaders decided that um, it would go to what we had pitched for this project. So the grand prize is a hundred grand. Um, and so though we didn't get that, we're going to scale down a bit um, and do kind of a one year pilot project um, focused on increasing civic participation of our staff. And which, which means, I mean, which means what? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it sounds like you guys are really already pretty civically engaged, but are you uh, speaking about having the staff engage in activities outside of healthcare? 
yes and no. So I think one of the things, so we have over 600 staff, which is amazing. Um, and they are smart as heck. They know healthcare in and out. They understand the barriers that our community members are facing. They know what's happening um, in their cities and their towns and their regions and their counties. And those individuals are so primed and would be so valued at decision-making bodies, whether that be on a local library board or a planning commission or a budget committee. Um, my work is is so fun because what I'm going to get to do is empower 15 to 20 of our staff through a, over a series of couple of months, um, increase their confidence, connect them to other leaders, really increase that social capital and empower them to engage in some of these act in to some of these leadership activities. I think that so many of our staff feel like there's there's barriers um, that they need to overcome, whether it be language issues. Maybe English isn't their first language. Maybe they don't um, they haven't had access to formal education, and they don't think they're quote unquote smart enough. Um, but really and truly, um, they're. Uh, they're so bright. They're so energetic. Um, they know so much more than the average decision maker around some of these critical issues impacting our community. There's no one better to serve on some of these local committees. No, I think that's really that's really uh, um, sophisticated and interesting. I mean, it's not to take anything away from a beach cleanup for from a house painting. Yeah, of course, of course. But, but those, you know, those are often when you have an organization that wants to to get civically engaged mm-hmm. is what people think about is mm-hmm. these sort of you 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 uh you unleash your army of staff mm-hmm. onto a specific project mm-hmm. but this is much different this is really getting into the um infrastructure yes of uh, the civic and, and infrastructure you, and you know we just talked about how diverse washington county is um and our staff is reflective of that it's over 60 percent people of color um at virginia garcia but I would say that the majority of these decision-making bodies around Washington and Yamhill County are not at all reflective of the population. Um, and that's in terms of every demographic breakdown. Um, and so this is really an opportunity to connect our amazing bright staff who are significantly more representative, bring all these lenses, whether it be gender, age, um, ethnic background, immigra- immigration status, um, to these decision-making bodies. Um, and we have a strategic objective at, a, at Virginia Garcia um, focused on ensuring that our staff and patients um, uh, have a voice in creating policy change at the local, state, and federal level. So I've boiled that down to be a little bit narrower and a little bit more attainable for year one, um, focused on um, our staff um, uh, being able to influence local and state policy. Now, now I'm wondering if anything, any of this has something to do with your executive director. It seems like it has her, <laughs> some of her fingerprints over that. A little bit. Uh-huh. And, and, and sort of to, to reveal that. So that Serena Cruz is mm-hmm. the executive director for the Virginia Garcia Memorial Foundation. And, mm-hmm. and, and that is a name that should be familiar to, to our listeners. She was uh, it, a county commissioner for years and mm-hmm. uh, very actively and positively engaged in, in regional politics. She's been executive director for six years Please don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> but this this seems um, this seems to be uh, 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 one of her good ideas. Is that absolutely well? And I think what's really exciting is that under her leadership and under Gil Munoz, our CEO, is that there's this desire to use our voice and empower our staff to use our voice. Especially when I think about you know I'm not on the provider side, but those that are working one on one with patients. 
I mean, who better to influence change in the community? Who better to understand? Because they see every day the barriers that our neighbors face when they don't have access to health care, when they don't have stable housing. And and I mean, which is really tricky. It's, it's difficult to, to talk about health care and not to think about national politics. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> however, that is not necessarily what you are talking about or what the initiative is. You are looking more at local and county politics. Correct. And, and, and we know that that's where we can create a lot of change and where we can influence change. You know, and, and with, with a recent uh, uh, ruling in Texas uh, threatening Obamacare and, and how much of that plays into Virginia Garcia's uh, uh, mentality? I mean, we are paying very close attention to the things happening in Washington, D.C., whether it be funding or, you know, we were just uh, super um, focused on public charge changes. Um, so I'm, we've we've had to focus a lot of energy of, to what's happening um, within our current administration. Um, and that's just the reality of 2018. Um, but at the same time, like we also know that we can create true change at the local level and that's where we're going to put our energies right now and 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 for the the uh, 2018 uh, elections uh virginia garcia foundation did put out a questionnaire for for we did county um county commissioners ca- county commissioner mm-hmm. candidates mm-hmm. uh was that was that a new project that was a new thing um you know i'm a big believer in stealing good ideas <laughs> um and i thought the regional arts and culture council saw that they did something similar and i thought that was a great idea um my role at the organization is brand new even though uh virginia garcia you know advocacy and uh, truly runs through the veins of every staff member and through um, the infrastructure that is our, our clinics and our work. Um, my role is really to to formalize it a bit. Um, and so that was, you know, I jumped in in March and we were in the midst of an election year um, and county races. Um, and so we just did some outreach around uh, giving the candidates an opportunity to share their views on healthcare that we then shared with staff and our constituents. And and it was it was very straightforward. It's just it was three questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to quickly read them. But what is the role of the county in addressing health issues? Uh, how will you work uh, to address social detriments of health in Washington County and and Yamhill? Uh, and and how do or should we measure success? In healthcare, mm-hmm. um, and the se- wonderful advocacy committee came up with those questions. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like everybody, it, it, there was, there was, there was nothing inherently political about those questions. In that, I, I, except for that, it was obviously part of an election. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody but one person responded. Is that correct? Uh, of the races that were happening in um, in November, because okay. the the primaries had already happened. So yes, and. Uh, um, can you share any of the really good responses that you got? No, I, I'll just share that I was really appreciative that three of the candidates responded um, and that they all uh, were engaging with Virginia Garcia on, on some level. They, you know, both um, Catherine Harrington and Bob Terry um, came to our grand opening. Um, Casey Kula, who ran for uh, commissioner in Yamhill County and did win, um, he had a tour of, of one of our clinics. Um, so we have... What's exciting is that we have county leadership that uh, wants to engage, wants to learn more. Um, we, as the county grows, um, as um, our our, pop, our our population grows, you know, the county is starting to see, starting to. Uh, I appreciate that they're taking 
they're making the effort to understand the the ways that Virginia Garcia um, is is filling some of the need. Let's talk about that and just just to 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 bring our conversation to a close. What does a dream world look like for you in 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 Yamhill and and Washington counties as far as healthcare oh. providing in twenty five words or less? <laughs> that that all our neighbors have what they need. That they're healthy in their own definition of what healthy is. That they don't have to worry about their family members or kiddos getting sick. That they get to influence change. I think that's that's health too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that they have they have what they need for their mental, physical, emotional well being, um, and that it's culturally responsive and culturally sensitive. Um, and compared to ten years ago, are, are there uh, fewer obstacles to reach that dream world? Well, I'd like to think that with all these programs that are creating leaders, um, our program, but also there's other amazing programs happening throughout the region, that those individuals will work to create the change that is so desperately needed. Felicita Monteblanco is the Policy and Advocacy Officer for Virginia Garcia Memorial Foundation, who is a recent recipient of the 99 Girlfriend Grant. Uh, Thank you for coming in and talking about what you guys do. My pleasure. Thank you so much. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corp that holds to a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our producer is me, Rachel Miller-Howard. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, and ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.